This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director, and well, for since 1977. Jeff, you've been around since then too. Uh, well, in fact, I can remember a time in which back in the 70s we did uh, we emceed on Kello TV uh, the uh, Vikings Day Parade. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, Jeff, you're you graduated from what Washington High when? No, not Washington. I graduated from Douglas High School, Ellsworth Air Force Base, out oh, in Rapid Ellsworth. City. Yeah, yeah. So you came to Sioux Falls when? Yeah, back in, well, it would have been 70, 1978. I went to Augustana College. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Hazlett. Yep. Do they call you Jeff, Jeffrey, or what? I get paid more for Jeffrey. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, so I like to, I, and that's what my mom called me, so that's what I try to use. But, yeah, well, you can call me anything. You're, you're a Sioux Falls success, Augustana success. Yeah. You're still involved with Augustana. Uh, well, I love Augustana. You know, university. You got to say university. Mm-hmm. It's still tough for those that went went there to even call that. But yeah, whatever I can do for uh, Augustana. Stephanie doing a great job. We just absolutely love what she's been doing. Well, you're a national speaker, so I'm just going to let you introduce yourself. Yeah. Well, I bought and sold about a you know 250 businesses in my career, about 25 billion in transactions. Worked my way up to a Fortune 100 officer, which is a very elite position itself. I'm in five business hall of fames, uh, including the national speaker association hall of fame, uh, along with art link letter, Ronald Reagan, uh, Colin Powell, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and a whole host Zig Ziglar and a whole host of others that, uh, that, that was established back in 1977. And I'm just honored to be a part of that. Augustana university graduate. Sioux yeah. Falls. You had businesses in Sioux Falls for quite a while. Yeah, quite a while. I still have a business in Sioux Falls. I, I still, and, and I have all my businesses domiciled here in South Dakota because I, I serve on 12 corporate boards today. Four of them are publicly traded companies, and, and half of those companies I own, but uh, investor in all the other ones as well. Even if they're public, I invest in them. But the uh, but yeah, South Dakota, we, we host and have our C-suite network here which has C-Suite TV, C-Suite Radio, C-Suite Book Club, you know, 50 million downloads on podcasts, uh, 450 shows, 72 TV shows. You know, we've been doing a lot, and it's all based here. And, you know, everybody always says, you see our you see our website, and it says New York, L.A., San Francisco, and Sioux Falls. And then we finally put a little disclaimer on the back, because people would say, why are you in Sioux Falls? And I finally said, because we can. And I put that on the website. Well, I was going to name this uh, podcast, uh, You Can Do It in a Small Town. In a Small Town. I love that. I absolutely love that. Sioux Falls is a big town, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, You know, it's uh, it's it's got all the makings of a, you know, certainly a great city. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We have such a progressive attitude. The mood's always good here in Sioux Falls, which is great. And better than most other cities, even in South Dakota, for that matter, as far as I'm concerned. And we just... I, we do we just tend to do it right. We You know, everybody thinks we're a little snottier, I think, in South Dakota, but... But, you know, but we also have this parochial attitude a little bit, too, that, you know, it's South Dakota and we kind of like, you know, hunker down. But, you know, I I found out a long time ago you could do business outside. You know, I can literally see Iowa from my house. And and so because I live out in the country out in Brandon. And, uh, you know, I finally figured out early on in my career I could do this in Iowa. I could do this in Chicago. I can do this in New York. I can do this in Tokyo. I can do this in Paris and Australia. And so, I, you know, I started going bigger and faster by just saying, hey, I can, I can, I can, but I always lived here. You know, I never moved away, even though I might have a, you know, corporate apartment or another house somewhere else. I've always had our place here. We call this home home. You know, that's what, that's how we refer. We got home, you know, like in New York or home in Miami or, or home in maybe Rochester or home in, you know, uh, 
Orange County, but we also always had our home home here. Well, I've known you since you had a publishing company across oh, yeah. most of the KISD radio station back in the 70s. <laughs> Those are the days. Yeah, yeah I had a pub- I started direct news, publishing. I owned a printing business here. I uh, owned one of the television licenses for a while. Uh, started a cellular phone company here. I mean, uh, even uh, tried a pheasant farm once in South Dakota. I tried to, you know, I tried to corner the market on pheasants till I realized there there wasn't one. But they, well, I talked to you once when we were getting into COVID, and you you had a lot of COVID masks in the warehouse somewhere. We were doing that too. Yeah, we helped. Well, because we were trying to help businesses. You know, our C-suite network is a trusted network, and so we knew that a lot of people, you know, weren't going to make it, and we knew a lot of people were going to have a tough time in the business the way they were shutting businesses all around the country. You know, at least in South Dakota, you know, we were state open and I, I know our governor gets a lot of credit for it, but I, you know, look, let's be clear. We've been practicing phys- physical distancing since 1889. So, you know, I, I don't think it was a political decision. I think it was more just a, the, the good nature of this, of the people, but yeah, we had a, we started a supply business in order to help businesses that needed those supplies. Cause if you remember at that time, you could not get masks, you could not get certain mm-hmm. kinds of health products because they were being funneled into the hospitals, rightfully so. But but there were some businesses that needed food prep, food companies, things like that, that actually needed those supplies. Well, you know, the ups and downs and, you know, recession and that, but, uh, your time with Kodak, I guess, was a pretty good experience. Oh, totally. You know, I learned, I, you know, I, I went from at that time, a three person public relations company I was running at that time, just consulting business here in Sioux Falls and to becoming one of the, you know, uh, chief marketing officers, one of the executive officers and, of one of the most iconic companies in the world and one of the biggest companies at that time in the world as well. So, yeah. And it was uh, pretty daunting. I remember flying the first time from Sioux Falls to Rochester to the headquarters, the, you know, week before I was supposed to take the job cause I wanted to, I was so eager to get started. And, you know, here I was uh, in my forties and, uh, you know, stepping into and, and, and by the way, occupying the office of the founder, uh, George Eastman and, 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 uh, you know, pretty heady stuff. Augustana graduate, Sioux Falls, uh, well, Brandon resident. Yeah, Brandon. <laughs> and New York and uh, L.A. just because you can. Yeah. Uh, the uh, aspect of, uh, uh, you know, Kodak uh, kind of was at the same time as some people might say Jeffrey Hazel. Weren't you on The Apprentice? I was on The Apprentice. I was on. I was a judge on The Celebrity Apprentice for three years. Can't, I kind of helped come up with the idea for that show and was pitching a product uh, and called Trump. Uh, I asked my team to, you know, get us on the show. And they said, well, how do we do that? And I said, well, just call Trump. And they didn't know what to do. So I picked up the phone, being just a South Dakota, and dialed information, got his office number, and left a message for him. Now, you got to be really good at leaving a message for a guy like that. And my message was, uh, told his assistant uh, when I got a hold of her, I said I had $2 million to spend with him, and I had 30 minutes to do it. (laughs) And if he didn't call me back in 30 minutes, I was moving to the next person on my list. And I said, now you got 28 minutes. Roto, are we clear? And she said, yeah. And he called me back within 10 minutes. And so well, he, we, st- he still answers your phone call. He still does. Yeah. We still, well, it's a little tougher to reach him these days. He's, uh, he seems to be preoccupied, uh, traveling out of the country, defending himself. But, uh, yeah, he, you know, look, he's, uh, a little bat, you know, blank crazy, but the, without question, but you know, he was the president of the United States. That's quite, that's, that says something. Well, apprentice was very successful for quite a few years. Um, well, he started a whole genre of TV. I mean, yeah. he and Mark Burnett, Mark Burnett's brilliant. Um, Mark's a, a really good friend of mine. And, and, uh, we did a, a couple of shows together and then, uh, I came up with some more shows, which they produced. And it's amazing what he's done that, you know, here's a guy that came to the United States 
was a former uh, sergeant in the military, in the Army in, in, in uh, Great Britain, the U.K., fought in the Falkland Islands War, and came here with nothing in his pocket, nothing. Saw an infomercial from Tony Robbins and then built it into a multi-billion dollar business. That's, I mean, wow, the American dream by, by, by a guy from the U.K. And his wife is a wonderful woman too, Roma. Jeffrey Hazlett, Sioux Falls, well, Brandon resident, Augustana University graduate, uh, and alum. Uh, the uh, the whole thing about uh, uh, well, I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that you were able to take some time to be with us. On we've interviewed you many times before here, but uh, I'm kind of in a, a lucky class because you just finished a, a podcast interview with some other people too. Yeah, I, you know, recently just did this, and I, you know, my podcast is also a television show. It's called All Business, whichever is it on C Suite Radio, C Suite TV, and of course we stream that. Uh, on Apple, Roku, Amazon Fire, and and then we're also on United Airlines, things like that. And we're you know our podcast is everywhere. And I did a one on the recession. What's coming up with the recession? What what are we going to see? Is it going to be heavy? Is it going to be light? And everybody. So I just interviewed five of the biggest economists in the world, including Art Laffer, who was the father of Reaganomics, uh, the Laffer Curve, and uh, I, I, I the greatest line I had from that podcast was from Art, who is a, another good friend. Uh, share the stage with many, many times. And he said, he's 87 years old, and he said, never catch a thrown knife. That was his vice about the, the recession. He said, there's a knife coming at you, don't catch it. So what you have to do is set yourself up, you know, to, to be able to fight back, just like we did at COVID. Like I said, in COVID, you know, I, you know back when I saw it hitting us, and I wrote an, an op-ed piece for the New York Times, and I said, listen, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, I don't even know how to sew a mask, but what I can be is a business first responder. What I can do is help other business first responders who are owners and CEOs and founders of their companies, leaders of their companies. We've got to not do more than just survive. We've got to thrive and drive. And so the same thing holds true in the recession. Even during the darkest times of recessions of past, let's go back to 2008. 2008 was doom and gloom. I remember sitting in a boardroom when my CFO walked in, uh, and this is a very powerful uh, man who'd been at many other companies, walked in and he looked like he was having a heart attack. And I said, what's going on? He said, it's going to be bad, Jeff. It's going to be really bad. And then in the next few months, we proceeded to lay off 8,500 people. You know, so, you know, but during even during that time, think about the businesses that were, that were iconic or what you'd call unicorns that were born, Airbnb, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Shopify, uh, uh, Uber was born during 2008. And you go even further back in, in history, and Microsoft was born, born during a recession. Apple was born during a recession. HP was born during a recession. GM was born during a recession. So you have the opportunity, you know, to make, even in the worst of times, the best of times. Your books, I don't want to, you know, miss those. You've got, what, four books out now? I have four books, four, yeah, yeah, four New York Times bestsellers, Wall Street Journal bestsellers. Uh, my first book was the mirror test, 2010, 2012. I did running the gauntlet. Then I did, uh, my, the most popular book to date and that's think big, act bigger, uh, which I, I put out the rewards of being relentless. And then my last book uh, that I have out is called, uh, the hero factor. And it's all about how, you know, great leaders lead great cultures and, you know, what separates them from everything else, how they put people above profits and, and the results of that. Well, we have some pretty good businesses in South Dakota now. Oh, we have now. We've had them for years. I mean, South Dakota's a great – I mean, you look around at some of the, the – not only just the, the businesses, but some of the great people. I run into South Dakotans who lead companies all over the world, and it's just great. It's kind of like we have a secret handshake or something. But, 
you know, uh, it's just amazing to watch that. But yeah, some great businesses in South Dakota and, you know, and maybe sometimes these businesses only we know about them, but you know, I was just up speaking at the North Dakota economic, uh, uh, economic, uh, no North Dakota trade group, trade organization. And there's some great businesses there too. They're doing exporting and all kinds of different things. But yeah, you look around, we've got some good publicly traded companies and we got a heck of a lot of good private companies. That's for sure. Jeff Lehazen, I got to keep repeating your name because people are just tuning in. But uh, Augustana University, you graduated what year back? Well, didn't officially graduate. I'm still like a few credits short, so let's put that on okay. record. So you know, if, if, you know, if, uh, if Stephanie, if you're listening, you could do something about that. You could give me an honorary degree or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. it hasn't held me back. But it would have been 1982 was the year that I no 83, 82 or 83, 83, 83 is when I should have graduated. Yeah, there we go. You know, I took some time off because back then I, if you remember, I was very involved in politics and working with McGovern, working with Dashiell, doing a lot of different, doing, doing, uh, tons of ballot issues. I put, I've put more ballot issues and passed them in this state than anybody single, single handedly has done in their lifetime. What's your memory of McGovern? Oh, it was unbelievable. My my best memory of McGovern was the night that he lost the 1980 election during the Reagan landslide. And I traveled with him everywhere. And back then, if, in that campaign, I was 19 years old. And I traveled everywhere with him. And then subsequently, after he left the Senate, I also traveled with him when he would do speeches and stuff. And he would I, would, I was allowed, you know, he called me and let me go. But that night, I took him from the Union Gospel Tabernacle, Tabernacle building, which is just around the corner from here. Uh, we turned that church into a campaign headquarters, and, and there was a big auditorium in there, complete with bats. It had bats in it, I remember that. Every night they'd come out. But anyway, that night on the election lost, and I uh, got put him and Eleanor McGovern in my car and drove them to an apartment up the street here on Phillips that Joe Floyd owned. And he, when he was in town, Joe would let him, Mr. Floyd would let him stay in that apartment. That was his apartment. I remember it even had like a hotel key kind of thing. Cause I used to get that key all the time. And I took, and, and I, I was riding a 1976 Ford Grand Torino, four door Brown. Um, and he was set next to me on the front seat and Eleanor, Mrs. McGovern sat on the far right next to the passenger door. And in the back seat was. Chuck Roush from then the Argus leader who went on to, you know, uh, USA today. And then St. Louis dispatch. He just retired recently, got a brand new book out by the way. And Chuck was in there. Um, uh, there was a guy named Tony. I can't remember Tony's name from the New York times and George will, uh, for those who don't know, George will is probably one of the biggest political minds of, of, of our time and was uh, an ABC correspondent, uh, doing politics. And so they were in the backseat. And of course they wrote some of the most iconic stories of that ride home of that ride. And I remember taking him up, uh, walking him to the door and Mrs. McGovern kissed me and the Senator hugged me. And, uh, he said, you worked hard. And I said, you did too, sir. And, uh, that was it. And I picked him up the next morning. I remember picking him up the next morning when he started doing all these uh, satellite interviews, of course. Well, Jeffrey Hazlett, Augustana university alum, uh, you walk into, you know, the apprentice, you walked into boardrooms, you've uh, been everywhere wearing cowboy boots. Yeah, that's true. I always wear cowboy boots. I, I started wearing cowboy boots a number of years ago. And, uh, yeah, I even did my own show. I had my own primetime television show on Bloomberg for years. And mm-hmm. 
Um, and I had, uh, I wore jeans and cowboy boots, no tie. Cause I don't like wearing a tie. I, after I left my corporate job at Kodak back in 2010, I said, you know, I don't have to wear a tie anymore. You know, I'm not wearing a tie. You know, Steve jobs was a, was a Steve jobs was a, I don't know if you call a business associate and friend of mine. I always had to deal with Steve, you know, and I used to always look at Steve and go, he gets to wear what he wants. Why can't I wear what I want? You know? And so finally I just started to do that. And so typically most people will see me in a pink shirt. Uh, button-down pink shirt and a pair of jeans and a cowboy boot. And somebody said, why do you always wear pink? Well, one, it looks good on TV. Uh, second, women always like it. My wife likes it, and women always mention it. And then third, I don't, I don't have to remember what I need to wear. And that was another thing I learned from Steve. He just wore the same T-shirt every day. And so that was a that was something else. I said, now I, I got like you know, 15, 20 pink shirts, and that's all I got to worry about. Well, I know you had horses. Do you still? I don't. I just lost both of my horses last year, broke leg and accident. So, um, so, you know, they had to be unfortunately put down and I just been on the road so doggone much. And, you know, quite frankly, with COVID, I wasn't able to get out the way I wanted to, to go look and do the things I want, but soon, cause I got, I got three granddaughters now and I, I need a horse for the, I need to teach them because everybody should learn how to take care of a horse. Well, tell us about your daughters. They're pretty successful too. Yeah. My, I, my, I have a daughter and a son, both. Uh, my daughter lives in New York and, uh, runs her own business. She runs a clothing company that she created, like kind of like rent the runway. It's called joint preserve and it's a uh, rent Asian clothing for weddings. Cause she's married to a Bengali from uh, Calcutta and he's over here running a hedge fund. And so, uh, she has to go to all these weddings. And if you go to those weddings, you got to make like six to eight changes over a course of two days. So it was costing her a fortune. She said, I got to rent these clothes. So she started that and doing great. And then my, and then, uh, she just had a baby and uh, that's our youngest granddaughter. And then my son is married here to a school teacher here in Sioux Falls. And he's our chief marketing officer, probably the smartest chief marketing officer I've ever met. And, and I say that even been having been a chief marketing, I just, I'm in awe every day of what he can do and what, how he does it and how, how his mind works. I mean, every day that I get to, if I always get to talk to him every day in business, like I'd like to, uh, but when I do, I'm always like, wow. And then he's got two granddaughters. So it's, it's just awesome. We're going back, you know, coming from Sioux Falls and Brandon and, and, and elsewhere. Uh, the first time you said, okay, we're going to open up an office in New York. What was yeah. that like? Well, <laughs> you know, luckily I'd already been, you know, in corporate America with doing a lot of different things. So I had, jo I always had office and some kind in New York. When I went to Kodak, I made sure that I, I went, our film division had an office over off of eighth Avenue near the old post office there. And, uh, that was the Kodak film office because of all the motion picture business that we would do. And so I made them give me an office there. So I was always there. But prior to that, I was with a $2 billion company, a head of sales and marketing for that company. And we did a lot of printing. And so I was always in New York for something. And so we had a corporate apartment there. So, so after I got done with my job with Kodak, it, I mean, there's so much business, John, in New York, you could you could literally sit on a stand on a block and you can't get to all the business that's around you in a four square block area. There's no way. And, and, and so in the, being in the media business as I was and still am, that was the, you know, that was the center of the universe. So yeah, had to be there. Well, as a Sioux Falls uh, native, you know, how, how did LA compare to New York? Well, I, the LA to me, the LA is a, is, is a motion picture town. It's an entertainment from that perspective. Everything's about the biz, right? And of course I helped oversee that and was, you know, 
was up for one of the major jobs at one of the biggest uh, motion picture studios at one time. And, and, you know, so I would run into my, and I had an office in LA right there too, in the in that film office. Cause I o- helped oversee that. And that was a good business for us. We, we netted at about 400 million a year just off of that, that, that little division. And, and so I was there a, a great deal. And so, you know, I'd run in and, oh, there's Clint Eastwood, there's Steve Silver, uh, Steve Spielberg. And these were people I'd run into. I, I went to the Oscars every year, you know, and I would take 40 people. I mean, these are the, you know, tickets you can't get. But we, of course, where was it held? The Kodak Theater. And so I was always there. Where, what is Kodak doing now? Well, Kodak is primarily a B2B business. You know, they, they were in a, a what B2B meaning business to business. And prior to that, it was a consumer business. But the consumer business was, by the, almost by the time I had gotten there, was, it, was, <laughs> it was really hurting. And so uh, the reason I got to Kodak is because I sold about $5 billion worth of company to Kodak and they said, well, you need to get over here and help us run it. And so I, I said, yeah, let me be the chief marketing officer and I'll gladly do that. And they did. And, and, uh, luckily I had a CEO who gave me a, a great deal of air cover and we did a lot of, of innovative things to help slow down the deterioration of that company. And, 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 and the only thing that's left today is the B2B stuff. So is C-suite your, your favorite thing? It is now. It, you, you created it. <laughs> Yeah, I've created it, and and I've been playing with it for literally eight, nine years now. Uh, You know, not not necessarily full-time. I'm a little bit more full-time today than I have been, Uh, and and the reason is because I'm on other boards and doing other things, raising money for companies and and the like, and still doing my own TV show still, which I enjoy, and and doing it in a different way, doing a podcast. When, you know, when no one was doing a podcast, I was doing, I started a podcast, you know, you know, how much, almost a decade ago. And, um, and, and, you know, I started with CBS, by the way, uh, doing that with them, um, CBS radio. And that was in 2015. So, you know, quite a, quite a long time ago. Well, I know you've been all over the country. Uh, you mentioned just having an interview about uh, recession. What is your, your thumb on right now? What, what would you say the, the economy uh, is heading for? What would you advise uh, your board members? I think it's a light, it's going to be light. Uh, in terms of the recession, I, but it, is it, is it going to be there? We're, you know, we've seen interest rates rise. We've seen cash get really tight. Cash is really tight for people. Although there's a lot of money in the free, free world out there, meaning the family offices have so much money. They're just, they're looking to give it. I know people have a $2 billion fund here, a $3 billion fund over here, a 6 billion over here, and they're looking for investor investments. So they're looking for good things. So if you've got a great idea, you got a good track record, you know, you're always going to have a good opportunity. If you've got a, if you're, if you have a business that's trying to solve a real problem, you know what that is, then you're probably going to do pretty good. If you're, if you're flailing and not knowing those things, then you got real issues. We've got uh, a chance to ask Jeffrey Hazlett to have some good questions. <laughs> people are saying, ask him some questions. Uh, South Dakota, uh, a lot of people are coming to South Dakota from oh, a yeah. lot of these big businesses. Yeah. And it's causing, uh, we were just listed as the uh, number one state for increase in rent. Uh, the rent is going up the highest uh, or fastest in South Dakota more than any other place in the country because of that. Uh, well, the world's gotten flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we've learned, <laughs> I, should, I don't want conspiracists to think that I'm thinking flat world. No, but what I mean by is because we've moved out of the offices and we've moved online, right? 
we've moved into a digital world. COVID didn't cause it, but it sure the heck accelerated. Days became weeks, weeks became months, months became years. And so now you can sit in your, you, know, you can sit at your home here and work for a major company somewhere else and yet make that kind of salary. So people are starting to figure out that's the way it is. You know, it, you look at, as I drive home uh, from the studio and go, go east, I, I, I'm blown away by the thousands of apartments that are being built along that, that you know, um, West 12 or East 12, t- East Arrowhead Parkway, whatever you call it, the 12th mm-hmm. street, uh, 10th street, whatever it is. And you go, you know, go out towards Brandon, toward the Iowa border. It's just amazing to see the infrastructure that's being built. So it's going to catch up with us, man. It, it has to catch up with us. And, uh, because we're now competing with everybody else out there, but, and, you know, and people have figured out that South Dakota is pretty damn place to live. Got great restaurants, you right? You told him. Yeah. Well, traffic is nothing. Everybody complains about the traffic here. You, you go to Atlanta, go to, go to New York, go to, go to San Francisco, go to LA. You want to see traffic or go worse Dallas. You know, you want to see traffic. They got traffic. Jeffrey Hazlett, Augustana, um, so many things that we could list and take a whole page to, to fill here, Jeff. But uh, what would you advise the young graduates at Augustana University right now if they say, I want to be like Jeffrey Hazlett? <laughs> well, do it faster. <laughs> That's what I would do. You know, I made my first million by the time I was 25. And uh, it was, you know, great and so forth. But, you know, I just would have done all the things a lot, even though I have done a lot. I'm like the Forrest Gump of business. You know, I've been in this, done this, I've run into these people and so forth. I've, I've been real lucky. Although most people in South Dakota don't even know who I am, which is fine. I'm, I'm Tammy Hazlett's husband at church, right? You know, she's the singer. She's not well-known. She's, she's actually nominated for her own Grammy. Uh, I'm just here hanging out, you know, anymore. But if you I walk into New York, yeah, I, I get bumped into people I know everywhere and so forth and so on. Or sometimes on a train from New York to Washington, sometimes somebody will track me down or whatever it might be. But I would say do it faster. I would have done it a lot faster. I Sometimes you listen to those little voices in your head, you just got to quit listening to them. How do we keep Sioux Falls or South Dakota becoming like L.A. or New York as far as... It's values, man. It's always about values. And I think we've got great people who are leading. I think, you know, I, I look at what we do with the way in which we try to grow the city and, you know, we got a good thing going, you know, although I would hope they would take the, because we can, I would, they use that slogan, Lawrence and Schiller, if you're selling to the city, uh, the chamber, because we can, I think is a great thing because that's what we are. We do it because we can. I, I really believe the way we grew up, the, the values that we have separate us from everybody else. And, it, we, we don't go up big and we don't go down big and we do a good job. And you know, that's a pretty good deal. Well, I'm sure if, if, if you introduce yourself, I'm from Sioux Falls or, or whatever from South Dakota, uh, how has the reaction been? It's probably evolved from back at Kodak to today. Yeah. Uh, well, yes and no. I, you know, I do about 160 keynotes a year uh, out there and doing about 300 meetings and different things I do. Uh, but in that, I always say, hey, first of all, I'm from South Dakota. How many are from South Dakota? There might be every once in a while somebody's hand goes up in the audience. Usually never is. And almost everybody says, hey, you're the second or third person that I've ever met. And I ask them who, who they know, and I usually know that person or know of them or, or something like that. Uh, with all the things that you've done, what's, what's the best thing you can say to recommend to people in the audience right now as far as, you know, the times are getting kind of strange? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, and I, the one thing I probably get more kudos on is is I'm being authentic, meaning be yourself, be the real who you are. And I, I think 
And then I, I think with that, although it might not sound like this all the time, but it's to try to be humble about it. You know, it's like, although it's not bragging if it's true, but none, nonetheless, you should, you know, I, I think my roots in South Dakota allow me to, you know, clean the toilet because I got to clean the toilet, uh, take out my own trash, carry my own bags, do the thing, you know, open the door for somebody else, you know, try to be a better person and do something a little bit better than you did the day before. And I, I think that that's a big thing, but, but be who you are. Whatever that is, that's I think is a very special thing. You finish with a quote from The Wizard of Oz: "There's no place like home." I like that one. That's a good one. And and of course, uh, he he wrote that book right here in South Dakota. He was from South Dakota at the time. Jeffrey Hazlett. Uh, when people hear that name, what do you want them to think? Oh, he's a good grandfather. That in the end, that's that's all that counts. How many grandkids? Got three so far. And hopefully, some more. Maybe a boy, just so I have somebody to go hunting with. Because my I don't think my girls there. I'm living in a Barbie hell right now. So, <laughs> Jeffrey Hazlett, I want to thank you for being with us. Thank you. Thanks always. A pleasure.